Hello, listeners, and welcome to another solo episode of the Untethering Shame podcast. I'm your host, Kira Wackett, licensed mental health therapist specializing in shame resilience. I've been thinking a lot lately about obligation and family get-togethers. You know, one of the secret bonus sides of COVID was that so many of us had a ticket to get out get-togethers that we spend all year dreading and trying to get out of. We know someone's going to say something hurtful. Someone's going to make you or someone else feel bad about themselves. Someone's going to fat shame someone. Someone's definitely going to bring up politics or a global warming or some other hot ticket item. And as the night goes on and drinks keep getting poured, the passive aggressive BS that is your family's way of engaging is going to come out front and center. All while you sit and wonder why you thought this time would be any better. Unfortunately, you can't control any of these realities as much as we want to, but you are far from stuck or out of control when it comes to these get-togethers. And today I want to explore how we can shift our thinking and doing when it comes to these things to help us feel less drained, overwhelmed, reactive, and to put ourselves back in the driver's seat of our own lives. family get-togethers, an experience always preceded by tightness in your chest. We know that something will be said. We just don't know what, when, by who, which is such an overwhelming experience. Look, if I could solve that issue, none of us would be here. Thinking about seeing people we aren't even sure if we like, worried about what they'll say or the looks they'll give us for how our bodies show up in the space. But real talk, none of us can control this. And trying to control it only seems to make it worse and moves the needle further and further away from any semblance of control and peace that we can have. So instead, we need to shift our thinking and learn to accept what we have no control over while taking the reins over the things that we do. So let's start by talking about everything we can't control. This is one of the hardest parts, as most of us have been conditioned to fixate on the things that we believe we can control, but ultimately have absolutely no power over. So if we think about these family get-togethers, we have absolutely no control over what someone else says. Even if we ask them not to say something, it is still their choice whether or not they talk about something. They get to choose that. It is their right to say whatever they say in response to us, baiting us to somebody else. That's theirs. We also can't control what they do. Now, obviously, these two things seem really similar, saying, doing. But the idea ultimately is we can't control somebody else's actions. How they respond or how they show up in any context is their responsibility and their choice. Now, this one is a little bit kind of in line with this, but I think it's important to kind of have it stand out on its own. We can't control other people's expectations. Now, again, that might be something that they say or that they do or how something's communicated. But specifically for many of us, we have lived and sort of created this falsehood as if we have to or stuck doing, we should, all based on external expectation. 
Some of that could have been from a caregiver, from a specific family member, but also just societal norms. There's an expectation that we're supposed to want to spend time with our family. We're supposed to show up and do these things. We're supposed to be the ones that are willing to get on an airplane, spend thousands of dollars to go see people that we don't even really care about and don't talk to 364 days out of the year. So those expectations that we've internalized are things that we get fixated on and we allow them to dictate the choices that we make. But in reality, their expectations are theirs, regardless of if it's a collective or an individual expectation. Those aren't ours. We can't control them. We also can't control how someone responds or reacts to our boundaries. Now, again, I think these things kind of go hand in hand as well. So if we think about someone's expectation, we can't control that. We also can't control how they respond to a boundary that's set, especially if it goes against an expectation or a want of their own. We can assert our needs and wants, but we cannot guarantee that anyone is going to hear, respect, listen, whatever words you want to put there. We can't guarantee any of that. We can only guarantee that how they respond is out of our control. And then finally, we have no control over how anybody else's shame shows up in the room. We don't know what's going on. We don't know their stories. So many times we're interacting with people and it feels personal. It feels intense. We've absorbed it and we've taken responsibility and kind of written ourselves in as a primary character in someone else's story. But a lot of the times their actions, reactions, their emotional sense of self, all these things are rooted to their shame. And it's not about us. Our shame has a significant impact on how we show up in the world. And we've all seen that we might react to people in ways that has nothing to do with them, but is instead about our story. So somebody else's shame story, someone else's rules, experiences, beliefs about themselves and how it shows up in the room, we can't control that, nor are we responsible for that. So as you reflect on all this, I want you to just think about what comes up for you. Kind of put some of the people in your family into these positions and think about what Aunt Sarah might say or what Uncle Todd might say or what they do or maybe your mom's expectations. Put yourself in this position where it becomes a little bit more personal. And I want you to list out specifically what isn't in your control. And are there things that maybe I didn't talk about that you're recognizing are also outside of your control? Now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about things that are in your control. And yes, that first part was hard because we're kind of giving up focus, onus, control, all of that on the things that we ultimately can't control whatsoever. But this side is actually, I think, a bit more scary because now we're charging ourselves with control and responsibility over things that feel really hard to want to take the reins on. So the first thing I think is super important, again, just notice the resistance as it comes up here, is whether or not you go to an event. It might not feel like a choice, but it is. Obligation only takes hold if we give it power. Otherwise, all we're doing if we say no thank you is we're simply allowing ourselves to respond to somebody else's invitation. Someone can invite us. We don't have to go. All right, now the next thing, we can control how long you stay. So if you do decide to go to the family get-together, you get to decide your arrival and departure times. You don't have to be accountable to anyone else's schedule but your own. If you can't shake that sense of obligation to attend, but you want to limit your time and exposure to triggering situations or people, set a cutoff time and plan accordingly. 
Now make plans in advance so that the pressure to erode your boundaries doesn't overwhelm you when you're there. So we talk about this as preemptive boundary setting. I might decide ahead of time, I'm going to go to the party at seven. I'm going to leave by 830. You already made the decision up front. So the emotional impact of being in that setting isn't going to have as much of a factor if the decision is made ahead of time. Bonus, if you can communicate that with other people up front so that they are also aware of your boundaries, they might push back and the earlier you can tell them, the better. Now we can also control what we say. Similarly to the things we can't control, what other people say and what other people do, we have the right to control what we say. From the boundaries we set or the subject matter we talk about, we control how we respond to what others say, what we offer in a setting, and also our right to not say anything. Silence is a choice we get to make as well. Now in that again, saying and doing, we also get to choose what we do in response to what someone says or does or how we carry ourselves in that setting. We have control over our actions. Now, this comes up a lot for me when I talk to Everly, where so much of this might be if someone else does something kind of shitty, that doesn't mean that we get to do something shitty back. Whatever they do, they're responsible for that and they have to sit with that. But the minute that we choose to do something that goes against our values, that's ours. So we've all done that at that family get together. We've said something kind of crappy. We've maybe not handled something in the way that we want to. Take control of that. You get to decide how you respond. You get to show up and make the choices that you want to make. Nobody else gets to choose that. No one else is forcing your hand. You get to own that. And then the last one I think is important, again, if you decide to go to the event, is who you engage with. Now, again, this one is tricky because this gets confused with obligation. But to be clear, you don't have to interact with anyone just because they're at the same event as you or because they attempt to engage with you. Now, there are ways to do it that are still kind and respectful, but you don't owe anyone your time and energy if they don't make you feel seen, safe, and respected. So when you're at those events, when you go to those parties, sure, so-and-so's there. Oh, you should go say hi to grandpa. It's really important you acknowledge so-and-so. You don't owe anybody that. It's okay. Come back to that idea of other people's expectations. They're not yours to control. They're also not yours to own. Now, many of us are still going to find ourselves getting stuck in that cycle of trying to control what we can't, giving up our control because we're afraid of what others are going to think or how they might react or feel so stuck in the have to narrative. The ideas I'm pitching here feel so overwhelming. We don't even feel like we can consider them. But the reality is the only choice that we do have is to control what's ours and let go of the rest. One thing that you can do to help with this is an exercise called a control wheel. Now, I put a link in the show notes to a more formal worksheet that I made if you find that helpful. But honestly, all you need is a sheet of paper and a pen. So what you're going to do is go ahead and at the top of your paper, write the name of your event, Miller Family Christmas or so-and-so's Hanukkah get together. Then in the middle of the paper, draw a big circle. You want it to take up about half of the blank space on the page. Then you're going to consider everything that I just said about what is and isn't in your control, and we're going to apply it to this situation. On the outside of the circle, we're going to write down everything that falls under that bucket of outside of our control. On the inside of the circle, you're going to put everything that is. So remember, nothing that anyone else says, thinks, expects, or does is in our control. We can only control ourselves the choices we make, the boundaries we set, how we respond and engage. You are the designer of your life and you get to choose how long your character stays at a party, 
how your character engages at that party, but you can control no other players that are at that event. Now, as you go through this exercise, notice any resistance, fear, painful emotions. What shows up for you as you start to do this, as you start to consider how you might change the way you think about or respond to these events? What thoughts begin to swirl in your head? Where do you notice yourself wanting to shut down? And what do you need to stick with this exercise? Is it something internal? Do you need some form of external support? Once you get through this, now I want you to imagine yourself taking control of everything inside of that circle. How would your experience be different at this event if you could embody that person? The person that only focuses on their circle doesn't extend beyond it, doesn't allow penetration from other people into it. What would you do? How would you feel? What changes, even now as we talk about this, do you feel in your body just by trying this alternative on? And then finally, as you sit with all of this, decide how you want to move forward. Do you want to go to the event? How do you want to show up? And as you think about this, I want to remind you that even if you did this whole exercise, you listened to this entire episode, you got crystal clear on everything you want to change, everything that you can't control. Now you're recognizing you got to release this. That's Aunt Molly's. That's not mine. You still don't have to make any changes today, this year, or ever. It's your choice. That's the entire point. The difference is now that you know it's your choice, you have to own it. If you choose to go to the party, own it. If you choose not to say something, own it. I know it sounds judgmental. It might even kick up your shame. This is actually a step in the direction of empowerment. If you don't like something and you don't have control, the only place to exist is a space of feeling trapped, overwhelmed, just constantly feeling like you just want to rip out of your body because you don't know where you can go from here. But if you don't like something and you know you have the power to change it, we have hope, which over time, mixed with the distress of our present circumstances, can create buy-in to do the work to change our experience. Now, before you go, I would love to hear from you in the Q&A, what you're taking with you from this episode. If you've struggled with family get-togethers, if you still go to those get-togethers, anything that you want to share with me, tips, phrases, things that you use to help you in difficult family interactions. You can send me a voice memo. You can send me an email. Leave us a review. Tell us your thoughts there. Whatever works for you, I just want to hear from you and build that community of support for all of us because, again, we've all got that family interaction, that painful get-together that we've been trying to figure out how to navigate through our entire lives and building that support around realizing it's not us. We're not broken. It's not just our family. It's just that relationships are hard and really recentering ourselves on a place of empowerment and control is the only way through it. Now, at the end of the day, the only person we have control over is ourselves, and the only life we get to lead is ours. So stop letting other people steal your pen and design the system and boundaries for you. Instead, take it back and let's design a system in which you can thrive and be the person that you're excited to be with every moment of every day. I'll see you all again next week. 